the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Michelle Tafoya podcast brought to you by GenuCell. So there's gender and there's sex. And I think they're different. And I think most people agree. Sex is biological. You're male or you're female. Those are the two words that we've assigned to sex, male and female. You know, chromosomally different. In gender, we also talk about women versus men, girls, boys, male, female, but gender has become a much more fluid thing these days, as we all know. But sex, is it non-binary? Are there more than two choices? Our next guest doesn't think so. I think you'll love listening to him. That's coming up. Welcome to the Michelle Tafoya Podcast. I was sent an editorial from the Wall Street Journal some time back, and the title is A Biologist. A Biologist Explains Why Sex is Binary. In an effort to confuse the issue, gender ideologues cite rare, ambiguous intersex cases. We're going to get into this. This topic seems to be not going anywhere for a while. So I like getting different points of view on this. And Colin Wright uh, who has written a lot on this topic and is a biologist, will join us. Here's some expert advice from someone else. Do you see dark spots when you look in the mirror, ladies? Because they're not going to go away on their own. Introducing the dark spot corrector from Genucel right in time for summer. The dark spot corrector with not one but three cutting edge ingredients goes to work fast to target sunspots, dark spots, liver spots, and even old discoloration, both on your face and hands. You will be amazed at how quickly you're going to see results with this. You can now enjoy your summer sun, your beach, your barbecues, anything outdoors without embarrassing spots. With GenuCell, you'll see results or your money back, and there are no questions asked. So go to GenuCell.com right now. Get your dark spot corrector with the new GenuCell most popular package, now featuring summer essentials like the best-selling Ultra Retinol Moisturizer, which I love, with a powerful retinol alternative that's safe to use in the summer sum. Visit GenuCell.com slash Michelle with one L, M-I-C-H-E-L-E, right now for these amazing summer essentials and save over 70% off GenuCell's most popular package. Don't wait. Order GenuCell's most popular package now. Free shipping, free returns, and the best luxury skincare you're ever going to use, all at 70% off. GenuCell.com slash Michelle, G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Michelle with one L genucel.com slash M I C H E L E. I think I've spelled it every way that I can get there now up next, a biologist on why sex is binary. Welcome Colin Wright. I first uh, discovered you in a wall street journal piece on why sex is binary and have since then found you a great follow on Twitter. You have really delved into this issue of binary versus this ideology of non-binary sex. Why has this become one of your focal points? 
That's a really good question because I, I if if you asked me this, you know, five six years ago, I couldn't have imagined that this would be the thing that I'm harping on and on about online, and is you know a large part of my career actually now is elucidating these points of biology. Um, you know, it really just started when I was in academia. I was an academic scientist, a postdoc at Penn State. And I just saw a lot of my colleagues that were making weird claims about sex being a spectrum. Maybe there's five sexes, certainly more than two. You know, that's something was very problematic with this idea that there's only two. And I just, from my biological background, I knew what biological sex was. I knew why there was only two. Um, and I just saw these simple errors that they were making in their arguments. And I decided just to push back, just not about the whole gender ideology thing. This was purely just like, oh, I'm just going to clarify something about biology for my colleagues because there's some confusion here. Um, and when I pushed back, I was expecting to get, you know, if they disagreed, they would come at me with more evidence and we could have a reasonable, you know, friendly discussion about it. That's why I was an academic scientist. Um, but I just instead was met with all these crazy accusations that I'm a bigot, racist, transphobe, all this stuff. And that was really shocking to me because my the reason I wanted to be a scientist is so I could talk, say true things about biology. And I thought <laughs> academia was supposed to be this area where those types of discussions could be taking place. Turns out that wasn't the case. And uh, uh, there's major cancellation attempts around me to varying degrees of success and just trying to destroy my reputation. So needless to say, I just sort of decided to double down on this. And I didn't, I didn't want to just kind of go away and stop talking about it because it was inconvenient. Um, I was kind of early to the conversation and people liked the way I talked about it and they thought it was clear. Uh, so I just decided to keep doing it. And lo and behold, it's turned into a uh, one of the biggest topics, I guess, in the, the cultural wars now. And uh, I just sort of keep doing it now. And I'm sort of a go-to person on this issue now. Yes, you are. And I appreciate that you've continued on with it. Again, these cancellation attempts and this, as you describe it, this academic environment in which we cannot have civil debate about something scientific. And if you go against this this side of it, you are called names to shut you up. But you didn't. And I'm so glad you didn't. You've written for Wall Street Journal, as I've said. You have a sub stack. Uh, you're on Twitter. And I want people to to know your Twitter address. It's at swipe right w-r-i-g-h-t because it's a tremendous follow um how are people justifying this idea again if there's there's gender and there's sex and those are two different things right how would you how would you differentiate those two concepts yeah well i mean they used to be two different things right they <laughs> are i mean there was a sense in which we use those words interchangeably in the past and then I think I remember, you know, right around sometime after 2010, there was this idea um, in left-wing circles, you know, this is kind of where I came from, that no one needed to really split these things into two different categories. Sex refers to your biology, it's immutable, you're born with it, and your gender uh, has to do with sort of what you identify as. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of people, myself included, were kind of on board with this. I was, I was okay with it as long as we had that wall between you know, how you're identifying and your biology, you know. Um, and then that quickly, you know, I think that that period lasted all for but two seconds before <laughs> uh, they've just really started conflating gender and sex completely. Now they're not saying they identify as like a man or a woman, which they call gender terms. Now they're saying they identify as the opposite sex. Um, 
And then they're making these crazy claims about, you know, sex being spectrum and more than two sexes. Um, and just when you think that, you know, they're talking about two separate things, well, you look at the policy prescriptions, you look at what's going on in the real world, and it's clearly just a muddling of the biology of sex completely. This is why we have males entering female spaces, playing in female sports. Uh, th this wouldn't be the case if it was just like, oh, sex and gender are different, and I just want to identify as something. This is uh, clearly just like a major reality denial in like the strongest sense possible. It's amazing to me that a major reality denial is coming in the world of science. I thought we were supposed to, you know, trust the science and all of this. But in this case, it doesn't seem as though even some of your colleagues, scientists, uh, are going along with this. What is their evidence that there is more that there are more than two sexes? I mean, you're either XX or XY. That's what I learned in biology. Has something changed? No, I mean, they, they don't have evidence per se. They have just really bad arguments that are based on a complete misconception of what it means to be male or female. So uh, fundamentally, when we talk about males and females, we're talking about two different evolved reproductive strategies in nature. And these strategies, one of them is to produce many small gametes or sex cells, or what we call sperm, or uh, a few you know, sessile means stationary, larger gametes that we call eggs or ova. Uh, those are the two sex strategies that are out there. There is not a third strategy. You can have certain species that might utilize both strategies in one body. These We call these simultaneous hermaphrodites. Um, but they're still just using both sexes in one body. Uh, they're not a third sex. And humans, we don't even have true simultaneous hermaphrodites. Um, so really there's only two sexes that a person uh, could potentially be. And the way humans have evolved is we have uh, one sex per body. You know, individuals aren't born with both. There's never been an instance of a person that's, you know, both fertile as a female and is able to produce sperm as well. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Um, so then a hermaphrodite that you mentioned, there's no true... Uh, like dual purpose hermaphrodite. I'm, I'm, I'm saying in my own words, trying to recall what you said. So what is, if we have a hermaphrodite in the human, you know, among us in the species of man or our human species, not animals, what does that look like? What do, do they have one or the other ability to, to produce one or the other gamete? Yeah, so there's there's no example of a true hermaphrodite in humans. Um, in the medical literature, sometimes they'll uh, they'll mention true hermaphrodites in humans, but um, what they really mean is an individual who has both like testicular and ovarian tissue. 
but either one or the other is is active. There's never been an instance of a, not both who's fully functional as both a male and a female. It's usually okay. one uh, or the other or neither. Um, never both. Uh, so that's one major aspect of it. Just this misconception of what it means to be male or female, and then what they think means male or female are sort of the downstream sex-related characteristics that males and females have that do largely overlap. Um, we call these secondary sex characteristics. It's the characteristics that differentiate males and females after puberty. So women go through puberty, they they grow breasts, the way the fat is distributed over their bodies, you know, their voice doesn't drop, males get taller, muscled mass on the upper body, um, tend to be more lean, square jaws, deeper voices. These are what we call secondary sex characteristics. And, you know, you can have women with very deep voices and men with very high-pitched voices. Uh, you know, so in a way, those traits sort of overlap and are kind of on a spectrum to some degree. But those don't make you male or female. Those are maybe the social signals that we get from people uh, that we maybe socially think of as when we're dealing with males or females. But fundamentally, you know, a male with breasts who has a high-pitched voice and no facial hair, like they're just as much of a male as you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson or something who's just super masculine. Uh, so th there's differences in masculinity and femininity or the whether different traits are masculinized or feminized to certain degrees. But again, this has no bearing on whether you're male or female, which is ultimately rooted in the types of, you know, gonads you have in the, in the gametes that they would uh, normally produce. So when we hear these chants of trans women are real women, I mean, it's just false uh, unless they're, again, twisting language to to use it for, for their purposes. But trans women are not biological women. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you hit it on the head They're They're manipulating language um, in their minds. A woman is someone who conforms to the stereotypes that we commonly associate uh, with females. So, you know, I would have viewed this in the past and still do as this is a very sexist assumption. This is, you're only a woman as if you perform, you know, traditionally feminine female roles. Uh, and you're only uh, considered a man or a boy if you're traditionally masculine in all these different mm -hmm. ways. And um, that's sort of like the the initial payment that you have to do to, to gain access to manhood and, and womanhood. Uh, you know, there was a really good meme that I saw that kind of distilled what this gender ideology says and how it views men and women. Um, the first, so it was like three different, uh, different, different statements. The first one was sexism. And it said something like, uh, sexism is women must do the dishes. And then the next one was equality. And it said both men and women can do the dishes. And then gender ideology says that whoever's doing the dishes is the woman, you know, regardless <laughs> as if you're a male or female. So that's, right. I think you know, it's a funny meme, but I really do think it hits it right on the head with how they're identifying males and females or men and women, sorry, based solely on the stereotype you happen to conform to. So right. that's that's the language manipulation. So in their mind, trans women are women because if a woman is anyone who identifies as a woman, which is those stereotypes that we associate with females in their whole belief system. Well, and this gender ideology is now including uh, this incredible spectrum. I mean, we're not just talking about you know, identifying a few or five ways. Um, we're talking about protecting minor attracted persons. We're talking about um, trans men and trans women. And, and, you know, this notion that 
men can menstruate. Well, no, I mean, you can identify as a man, but you're still a woman and that's why you menstruate. Uh, sorry to make people uncomfortable. I know that's a touchy issue, but now we've got you know, biological women who are transitioning to become men who also want to get pregnant. This is a really interesting issue because if you are transitioning and you're, you are legitimately transitioning through through drugs, through some sort of medicinal uh, manipulation, is it really safe to get pregnant? It is not safe to uh, to remain on high levels of testosterone while you're uh, going through pregnancy. So you're referring to a recent paper that was, uh, and I published a response to a, a crazy academic paper uh, on my Substack, and this paper was arguing that. Um, you know, a lot of some trans men, you know, who are biologically female, they would like to become pregnant and have offspring. Um, but they're usually advised under, uh, you know, good reason uh, to to go off testosterone during their pregnancy. One, because it makes it difficult, you know, there's higher rates of miscarriage. Um, and but most most uh, importantly is because it can have these androgenizing effects on your fetus. So, uh, you can you have a female offspring. It can have you know they can have enlarged genitals because they're exposed to high levels of testosterone. This is sort of the androgenizing effect on a fetus. And this paper basically said that uh, you know our our precautionary methods are too f- focused on you know having healthy babies, <laughs> and you know we basically need to just get over this idea that we need to have or that we should desire offspring that have normal or ideal uh, body parts, you know, that fall outside of the so-called sex binary. Um, And so we should not tell trans men who are female again to go off their testosterone because, you know, that's help validating their identity as a man through society. Um, And it's just, you know, I think it's just a complete abandonment of medical ethics. Uh, You're placing just your own, uh, you know, desires over the desires and, and health uh, of the fetus. And um, it's it's just this sort of moral relativism that is now just occupied, sorry, sort of taken over medical ethics and is resulting in, uh, you know, harm and medical malpractice, basically. This, I, th- I want to get to the medical part of this because it seems, again, doctors are scientists. Um, and it seems to me that, a lot of do no harm is being thrown out the window when you talk about gender affirming care and removing a young person's breasts or, you know, um, trying to all the, the they have the lower surgery, the upper surgery, all of these things. And just the, the, the hormone blockers and the, the puberty blockers. Again, uh, Colin Wright, I told you swipe right on Twitter and at Real Last Stand as well. Uh, Real Last Stand is his Substack, and it's a it's a great read um, with the Manhattan Institute. Uh, Colin, why are doctors doing this? You know that's a it's <laughs> a good question. I, I didn't even know about the whole medicalization complex about children and and you know gender nonconforming youth when I first started talking about the sex denialism. Uh, I wanted to push back against this, you know, the pseudoscience around sex because I thought it could have these crazy spinoffs. You know, if you're denying a fundamental aspect of biology, uh, then, you know, bad things can can emerge. And this whole idea of gender affirming care is one of them. It's primarily based on pseudoscience. It's based on this notion that 
you know, sex is a spectrum and that it's mutable and that your traits can be modified through surgeries to literally move you along that sex spectrum and change your sex or at least make you go to more one side or the other. And then it's also based on this idea that everybody has this innate gender identity that they can know about themselves from a very young age, sometimes as, as old as three years old. And this never changes throughout their life, you know, except if you're gender fluid, then that's your gender identity and it can change. You know, your gender can change, but your your gender fluid identity is what's permanent. Um, and that this is a condition everyone has. Uh, and that if your gender identity doesn't match sort of your your the, the the biological traits that you have in terms of sex, then you have this incongruence there. But don't don't fret because surgery again can change your sex so that it aligns with your gender identity. You know you can make your body more masculine or feminine to align with how you feel on the inside. Now this is just completely insane. It's it's not based in reality. You know what we have in reality is that both males and females vary greatly in their degree of how masculine or feminine they are in terms of their personalities and their interests and their desires and what have you, how they socialize. Um, you know, but that's just a plain fact about males and females. There's nothing inherently mismatched from a girl who is very masculine or a boy who's very feminine. This is just natural variation we see in humans. This idea that there's this mismatch and that it needs to be corrected that is both, you know, pseudoscience and just an invasive procedure, life-altering, body-altering, uh, that is, is I, I can't imagine how the scientific establishment has embraced this, um, but it largely has just because they've been captured by this ideology, this whole inclusive, uh, you know, trans thing that nobody wants to push back. There are people who are upset about it, who are wanting to push back, but they get silenced, they get called transphobes, they get... Yeah you're far right blah 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 you know it's 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 a crazy thing that's going on because you can see this uh medical scandal like unfolding before our eyes but since the institutions that are responsible for this and who are supposed to be the ones that are doing the checks and balances they're captured too or at least they're the ones who are supposed to speak up are remaining silent so this is where we are now yeah, this is where we are. And those, as you said, with a spine are going to get called every name in the book. And I admire anyone who, in spite of being called those names, continues to stand firm on this because it, <laughs> again, we're supposed to, we're supposed to follow the science. I enjoyed this column so much that I want to read a little bit of it to, to the listeners and so that you can, uh, you can comment. The transgender movement has left many intelligent Americans confused about sex. Asked to define the word woman during her Supreme Court confirmation hearings last year, Katanji Brown Jackson demurred, saying, I'm not a biologist. Well, I am a biologist and I'm here to help you, right? Are sex categories in humans empirically real, immutable, and binary? Or are they mere, quote, social constructs? The question has public policy implications related to sex-based legal protections and medicine, including whether males should be allowed in female sports, prisons and other spaces that have historically been segregated by sex for reasons of fairness and safety. And yet here we are and it's 2023 and it seems like this movement thinks in order to move forward and be pro progressive, we have to turn stuff on its ear like, like title nine, which was implemented to keep sports fair, to allow women the same opportunities to compete as men are now allowing biological men to compete against women, which, as we've seen, is is completely unfair. 
how does this ship get righted, Colin? And I and I guess there are people who are going to think that you and I are the, you know, MAGA right wing extremists who think that this can't this is wrong. But it's 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 a very strange time when someone like Dylan Mulvaney can simply dress up like a Barbie doll and say, look at me, I'm a woman. And by the way, let's embrace the bulge. I do have a bulge, but hey, some women have bulges. I mean, if this is if it weren't happening, I, I would say, you know, this is just such a freaking crazy notion. And I try to be accepting of uh, and I do accept if they want to live that way, I don't care. But when it affects fairness and people's health and medical ethics, that's when I become concerned. Yeah, we just we just need to start trying to put up these safeguards in place in in the in the law, really, because at this current moment, we cannot count on uh, the medical institutions to go ahead and and put up these safeguards themselves. We're seeing this disparity between the U.S. and much uh, of the, the other uh, uh, of the world, um, particularly in Europe. You know, they have performed these systematic reviews of the evidence in Denmark, in the U.K., in Sweden. Um, and they have, which is the highest type of study you can do that assesses not just how much evidence is out there is, but it looks at the strength of each study and it looks at how strong or weak the evidence is. And then it sort of is able to sum them up and give you an idea of the evidence for the benefits of these things like gender affirming care, which is, I would call them, you know, it's child sex change procedures is what they literally are. Yeah. Um, every country that has done these studies has found that there is just no good evidence suggesting that there's beneficial outcomes and just a million red flags that say that, that, you know, are highlighted for potential risks, given the, how invasive and uh, permanent these types of changes are to the body. You know, we're talking permanent lifetime infertility, completely destroying your endocrine system, you, lifelong medical dependence on using ex exogenous hor hormones to supplement your, uh, your thrashed endocrine system. Uh, the U.S. medical bodies have not performed these systematic reviews, and they've shut down any debate of trying to have these things come about, uh, yet they still just harp on and say that this is life-saving, gender-affirming care. So we can't trust, well, we can't count on the medical institutions to sort of right the ship on themselves. So right now, a lot of states are putting up these safeguards, or they're performing systematic reviews of the evidence themselves, like was done in Florida. Um, this is kind of what we need to do right now to, to make a stopgap, because it's gotten this way because they they didn't put anything up to a vote. They just sort of changed the language. We're able to change laws by changing the way that certain words were interpreted. Um, and then through a sort of a campaign of, of intimidation of, of keeping people uh, silent on these issues. So speaking up, but also going at this, you know, I don't like to pull levers of politics, but if, if this is a way that we can actually put in some some stop gaps to, to just slow everything down or grind it to a halt until there's those systematic reviews that are performed, which I have, you know, if, if they're anything like all the other ones that have been performed, they're going to show uh, that the, the risks are just far outweigh any uh, purported benefits to this stuff. I, I, I really resent doctors who say to a parent, well, do you want a you know, a living daughter or a dead son? You know, as their response to a, a child who is going through gender dysphoria, there is Caitlyn Jenner on the one hand, who took all of this on throughout her whole life and made these decisions on her own as an adult. And then there are children, you know, minors 
and who who don't have fully developed brains, if I'm correct, right, Colin? Your brain when does the brain fully develop? Twenty two, twenty three? I think it's around twenty five is when like your prefrontal cortex is considered fully mature. But I mean, there's other ways. Uh, I mean, your body kind of changes throughout its entire life. So yeah, uh, but yeah, it's it's mostly solidified. I think by twenty five. Okay, so you know, <laughs> we're allowing children to dictate whether or not they have life changing surgeries before their brains are fully developed before they at, at sometimes at peak emotional uh heightenings in their life you know during puberty or whatever when you're just you're, you're all over the place it is um it's nuts and i want to help these kids as much as anyone but i don't think a knife and a surgery is the way to do it i think we got to start with a lot of um, counseling and talk therapy and maybe wait until their brains are fully developed to, to let them make those decisions. Uh, at least, um, again, if they want to live a certain way, that's, it's a free country, but children, I think are being really, um, I don't know that their needs are really, really being met here. I, I can't, as you mentioned there, it doesn't seem to be a lot of positive outcomes. We have people who regret having had those medical transitions. And it, it's just, I, I sometimes, Colin, I can't believe we're having these conversations. And, and I think to myself, God, does that make me just really out of touch? Or what do you sense in, in your, your writing, your tweeting, your appearances, your public, all that you do? Do you tend to get more pushback or more support? So that has flipped over time, which is in a kind of an interesting way, too, because when I was in academia as an untenured postdoc, uh, I got swarmed by activists daily who would reach out to my university trying to call jobs I was applying to and posting on job boards that I was a transphobe white supremacist, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, um, because they knew that it was I was extremely vulnerable. I know I wasn't tenured. I'm still looking for jobs. I'm on the academic job market. And there was just a concerted push to ensure that I never got hired anywhere in academia because I'd be a threat to, uh, you know, trans and non-binary students or whatever. Um, as once I left academia and the stuff I do now, even though I have a much larger audience, it's almost all support. They don't even try to like, come after me anymore because I've sort of made myself uncancelable. So, they know that they can yell and scream all they want, but it won't, won't have any effect. So that's good for me, but it really shows that uh, they're just the way they try to go about it and the way the way they choose their targets is based on, you know, can they get this person to shut up yes. based on, uh, you know, going after the things that they need to, to make a living, to, right. to, to pay rent and that type of stuff. Um, so, so, yeah, so that's been an interesting evolution. And I, I just want to reiterate things that you said, too, about how... For me, all of this is really, you know, when I started standing up and talking about it was uh, primarily because of what's happening in children. You know, I'm, I have adults who are, who are identify as trans. Um, they don't, you know, truly believe that they were born in the wrong body. They just f have this strong inner sense that, you know, they don't feel, they didn't feel comfortable in the way that their bodies looked before. And so it makes them feel better to sort of portray themselves and transition their body to appear as the opposite sex. And no, I'm totally fine with that. If you're an adult, mm -hmm. um, you're well-informed, you're not, you know, haven't bought into a delusional ideology, which is what we have now. So before it was just seen as a medical condition where, you know, you weren't literally the opposite sex, but you just took steps to appear to, to ameliorate your dysphoria. 
now we're telling people that, you know, you really are born in the wrong body. You're a girl in a boy's body or vice versa. Um, and this is what we're telling children. And, you know, we're creating this dysphoria that wouldn't have otherwise been there for people who are tomboys. Because if you look at the definition of what transgender means by the CDC and the Endocrine Society and the American Psychiatric Association, they, I mean, being trans is literally um, synonymous with just gender nonconformity. It's whether your identity or expression or behavior uh, it doesn't align with your, they would say, sex assigned at birth, but what your sex is. We would just call this gender nonconformity before. We'd call these people tomboys if you're a girl or <laughs> a femboy or something if you're you're a, a man who's sort of more feminine. And so normally kids would just be like, oh, I'm just sort of gender nonconforming. But now we're telling them, no, you have a mismatch between yeah. your sex and your gender identity. Oh, what does that mean? Oh, you're confused. Let's take you to the gender clinic. Well, you go there. You're still confused. Well, maybe puberty blockers are a good thing to do right now so you can have time to deal with your confusion. You know, it's just this conveyor belt that just is putting kids down on the path to this invasive medicalization process. That's what I'm upset about. Adults also need to have proper, uh, you know, health care. So they shouldn't also be deluded by this ideology because they could be transitioning for the wrong reasons rather than just, I have dysphoria and I, it makes me feel better. Like the sort of the old, the older generation of, quote unquote, trans people. But um, yeah, as long as we can get this safeguards in place for children right now, I would count that as a major win. He is calling right. Uh, it's just been so interesting speaking to you. And I hope we can do it again, because <laughs> just in the time that we've been trying to get you on the show, multiple issues have surfaced that that you can talk about and talk uh, just you know, help us understand better. So I appreciate that. And uh, it's been really enjoyable and really interesting. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me on. I'm happy to come on whenever. That's awesome. This is the Michelle Tafoy podcast. We'll have Colin back in the meantime, be brave uh, as he is in standing up to the, the mob that wants to cancel. There's always a mob that wants to cancel. So be brave and do good. We'll see you next time. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.